Welcome to the Friday edition of Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio in Calgary. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is a leading locally owned cleaning company in Calgary. They have a team of professional and insured sanitizing experts ready to tackle any commercial or residential cleaning job with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So, the show today, normally we do football and fights on Friday, but the football is all over the place, and by the time you listen to this, 18 things might have changed. So we are just sticking with the world of professional wrestling on this Friday. Had a great chat with Mike Sempervivi from Wrestling Observer Live. You will hear that in just a matter of moments. Um, Do quickly want to get into the Thursday Nighter as the, the big talk coming out of that game was about the decisions by the LA Chargers to go for it on third down or on fourth down, sorry, several times. And I understand a lot of people are playing the results on this day, but how many times have we seen teams kick field goals and punt the ball away for field position against Tom Brady and then you end up losing? You don't, you don't win by playing scared. And the thought, oh, well, look, three points certainly would have helped you out there. As if Kansas City wouldn't have altered anything with how they play if the the score had changed. It's, it, it is so easy to just play the results on those. I think that I agreed with the Chargers every time they decided to go for it, and I will decide. I will probably go with them again the next time they decide to, so let's just chill on that conversation, although it is fun for some people to just yell, oh, math. So that is where I come down on that one. Um, again, remember, rate, review, subscribe wherever possible, and now here is my conversation with Mike Sempervivi. Very pleased to be joined by uh, an old friend of an old show that I used to do uh, from Wrestling Observer Live. He is Mike Sempervivi. Uh, Mike, it's been a minute. How are you today? I can't complain, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm enjoying doing the the, the freelance stuff now, so uh, having some fun and getting to, to chat the world of professional wrestling again. That was something that wasn't offered to me my last couple of years in my last spot, and Um, it's been a great year to be able to talk pro wrestling. And when I set this up, I wasn't necessarily anticipating we'd have the match of the year, uh, 24 hours before we chatted, but holy hell, Daniel Bryan against Hangman Page goes 60 minutes with a draw. Um, I don't know if you can, if that is necessarily match of the year, but they certainly made a good candidacy for it on, uh, on Wednesday night. Oh, absolutely. Uh, No question. And I I can't believe though, you don't want to start off talking about, Shad Khan being at the show and then being so inspired by that match, he <laughs> went out and immediately fired Urban Meyer and said, I could do this because I'm so inspired right now. But yeah, uh, it was a hell of a match. And I mean, what can, what can you say? Brian Danielson is otherworldly. He's one of, you could argue, he, he's one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. When you take everything and, and you know, you look at your, you know, who do you take? Luthez. And you look at great drawing cards like Jim Londos and Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin and great wrestlers like, you know, your Thezes and your Dory Funk Juniors and your, your Jack Briscoes. And like Daniel Bryan's all of that and has been able to do it in these times and was never, yes, Ring of Honor gave him a platform and, and made him a superstar in their world, but their world was very small at the time. You know, it's, hey, look what Ring of Honor's at now. It's not very big right now, <laughs> but you know, he goes to WWE and, you know, anybody that saw him in Ring of Honor, anybody that saw him in Japan or England or Germany or wherever he had wrestled before, they looked at him and go, oh God, you know, what, what's going to happen here? And we all saw what happened there. And they tried to put him down. They tried to hold him down. They tried to have him do other things. They tried to slot him. They tried to do all of these things to him, and he overcame all of it. 
because that's what the fans wanted and his work was worth it. And the man himself is worth it. And he's one of those people that to me, he won pro wrestling. If you can win your job and win your career, he won. And -hmm. yes, there's the injuries. Yes, there's this. Yes, there's that. But you know what? He got the girl. He got the money. He got the respect. He got everything. He got everything. And yes, he paid an incredible physical toll for that. You know, and that's what happens with athletics. It can happen in life. You know, you can be brilliant throughout your career and have Alzheimer's early on stage Alzheimer's and that's it. So there's always going to be something in some sort of job. But, you know, other than the injuries, which, of course, are, are, you know, substantial, he won. You know, there's always going to be a sacrifice for winning. And to me, it was incredible. And that match is he didn't wrestle for how long he wrestled in WWE this year for a couple of months and then was gone for a while. And then you could call him the wrestler of the year. If you wanted to make Mm -hmm. that case easy, easy. Yeah. Shingo's had more great matches. This person's done this, or this person's done that, but man, last night was just another incredible display. And on top of it, the best part of that match to me was the fact that when it got down to the very end of it, it wasn't, Adam Page and the cattle mutilation, barely holding on for dear life and having that championship that he just won, you know, right there on the tip of his fingers about to slip away. He was on the offense Mm -hmm. and the AEW champion at the end of the day looked strong. He was rallying at the end. He was looking good at the end of that match. He's a finisher. He's a champion. And Daniel Bryan, you know, you do that with other people, you may not be able to pull off that story. But with Daniel Bryan, it was easy to make it happen because Daniel Bryan just goes, yeah, so you wouldn't have pinned me. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have submitted me. You wouldn't have did anything. Let's yeah. do it again. So it like, you know, being able to go an hour and still have that story and there wasn't the peril for the champion or the baby face, you know, to me, it was, I mean, that's as, that's as great as it gets for, to me, a time limit draw in this day and age. That is not a Tokyo Dome main event. It's not a WrestleMania main event. If you want to go, you know, that type of 60, you know, mentality of action and athleticism and all that sort of stuff, you know, and the Okada, Omega, Naito, that type of level stuff, you know, other than that, that this is the best story to me, you can absolutely tell by going an hour. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's it's one of the best draws and I don't know how long and, you know, Ring of Honor's tried some, We've, we've seen some good ones, but to me, this was this was outstanding, outstanding. It really was. And one of the things that I really liked was that they got near falls and they got everyone to bite on it. And I was, um, I, I'm doing some kind of stuff on the side with a, a wrestling promotion out here and they tape on Wednesdays and they show AEW at the bar. And like the waitresses who uh, I don't think have ever watched wrestling before were gasping at some of the, the moves and stuff like they were invested in it. And one of the things I like that buckshot lariat at the end, I think was the first time he hit that. So like his big mega finisher and you're not getting a bunch of kickouts out of that. Like it's, they were able to tell a story in that match and able to, to get people biting on near falls without kind of bastardizing everyone's finish and stuff like that. Like it was, it was just, it was art. It was, it was perfect. Yeah. Everything about it was perfect. Yes. And, it, and it's proof too, that, you know, pro wrestling, somebody may watch it and not watch it again. Somebody may watch it and still poke fun at it at the end. But when you, actually have a really well-worked professional wrestling match it's easy to draw people in it's like a sporting event or a a play or a tv show i mean you know somebody sits there and watches for long you're going to catch them you know and again you may not keep them forever but that's one of the things where they could be wrapped in for a second and they may make fun of like yeah remember georgie animal steel or the bushwhackers or this or that 
but it's like, if that comes up, like, yeah, that was really good. <laughs> you know what mm. I mean? They'll, even those people can't deny what it is. So I, yeah, again, it's just, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. The booking of that, the, the, the match agenting of that and the, the booking of that match laid out w- was perfect for the s- spots they wanted to tell. And I'm sure Daniel Bryan and Adam Page, especially Daniel Bryan deserves a lot of the credit as the heel in that match and the experienced veteran that was probably calling a lot of it that, you know, again, I don't know how much, you know, I would assume much of that match was improv as it went along, you know, it's mm-hmm. not going to be written out move for move, but, and that credit goes to Daniel Bryan. So uh, just brilliant, absolutely brilliant stuff. Yeah, it really was. And, and you brought up something earlier that I, I hadn't really thought about. I keep forgetting that he had this injury hiatus for a little bit where he was the general manager of SmackDown and, and all of that. Like it's, we were, um, maybe not as many advances in modern science away from not having this, I guess, third act of Daniel Bryan's career that that is kind of really solidifying him as one of the, the greatest of all times. I think we would have thought that before, but now this, this last chapter, it's kind of different, very different human beings, but it's kind of, uh, like Shawn Michaels, where if he doesn't come back from that back injury, we think of him as a good wrestler, but kind of a dick. And now he comes back and has this this amazing run. Not that we would have thought Daniel Bryan was a dick or anything, but I, I think this back part here is really solidifying the greatness that is Bryan Danielson. Oh, my God, absolutely. And and we're just so lucky with medicine in general when you see Sting in the, yeah. you know, I remember when Ultimo Dragon, remember when they botched his elbow surgery way back in 98 or whatever it was, or not, I guess it would have been after 98, but it would, no, it wouldn't be because WCW was a WCW uh, approved doctor that ended up botching it. It's like, we'll never see that guy again. And then he ends up coming back. And yeah, it didn't go the well, you know, the way a lot of people may have wanted it to go in WWE, but it was like, man, Dragon came back. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple other cases, Fit Finley getting hurt, you know, having the the injury that he had uh, going through the table with Brian Knobs that, you know, cut uh, tendons and and, uh, and all that. And he had numbness. And I think he still has numbness from like the, the knee down or something like that. But I mean, when it came to head injuries and neck injuries, it was like, well, Edge is gone for good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this person in that for Kurt Angle and, and they've all come back, you know, and some cases, you know, better than others, maybe some shouldn't have, but to be able to have these, these people back and in, you know, good shape and Daniel Bryan at the top of that list, because he had so much to give still, still a ridiculous amount because he was in WWE and always the thought of, man, if he got out of WWE just for that one last thing, and it didn't look like we were going to get that. And because of his contract status, they wouldn't release him, but they wouldn't clear him. And it's like, uh, you know, we, we may have lost that and salute to Daniel Bryan, but instead you know it's just we get this and it's we've had so many incarnations and they've all been great if you saw him pre-roh days and early roh days on the indie scene he was great he stood out he was amazing fantastic you know and then you go through the roh era and the pwg era and everything associated you know they kind of spider webs off of that and then with WWE, what he was able to accomplish in, in what felt like several lifetimes there and incarnations of what they wanted to make him and what they, you know, what he was and what position he was in. And then now with this, it's just, it's an embarrassment of riches. We're getting out of this guy's career. And I hope he can, he can, his body holds up. And more than that, I hope his insights hold up uh, <laughs> brain wise and muscle wise and everything else. And he's able to stay together and have a really long, awesome, incredible life because mm. I want to see him coach. I want to see him do interviews. It's like watching Brett, you know, it's for, for as anything, you know, Brett, 
Hickman, some of his life experiences, I don't think Daniel Bryan's would, would you know, I don't think anybody's going to be in the family like, hey, I'm getting married and it'll be the first to hear about it or anything. But hey, you know, it's <laughs> like to me, it's the same thing. I, I can hear Brett talk. I can see him do interviews forever. I can hear him talk about wrestling philosophy, about politics, about anything. I can listen to him talk about it. And the same thing goes with Daniel Bryan. And he's one of those guys that can. So, oh, God, I hope he lasts. Well, and I think that's what makes him so valuable to AEW now, because you do have a lot of these young guys and you you could not convince me that Hangman Page is not a better wrestler for having gone 60 minutes now with Daniel Bryan. And when you're building up a company and talking about these pillars of this company, having guys like Bryan and Punk and Sting and even Billy Gunn around just uh, that has to be a good thing. Well, that's all the stand up for WWE people that, you know, want to plant flags and battle over every stupid little thing. And it's like, oh, they get big show for what's he doing over there? I don't know. Maybe teaching the few big guys they have how to like work in this world and how to come across and how to act. Right. You know, what's Christian doing there? He's just hanging out like a geek with the best friends. You think that's all he's doing there? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and all of these guys, it's like, there's reasons that they're there. And yeah, is the paycheck one of them? Sure. Is their name a reason why? Absolutely, of course. But it's what they want to pass on. Billy Gunn, a great example of trying to set his kids up. And I mean, you know, Colton and Austin now coming out of their shells a little bit. They're going to utilize those guys more. I mean, they're natural. They have their father's personality. How great is it that he gets to be there and help his kids along? How great for his kids that he gets to be there in an environment where it's not looked down upon. It's not like, oh, God, this this helicopter old pro wrestling dad flying around here trying to get his sons over. No. He's there and people are happy that he's there. And all of those older guys, this whole roster, how many of them were on TV? And mm-hmm. no offense to, to because I, I watch all the time, Fight TV or IWTV or any of these you know, streaming services, that doesn't count. You know, how many right. times have you been in front of 15,000 people and had to worry about time cues and had to worry about hard cams and had to worry about positioning? And lots of different things. And, and all of that stuff can only come in experience. And these, in, in this day and age in wrestling, you don't have that opportunity. You don't get to cut promos in local cities over and over again. So you could do a promo in just two minutes, 28 seconds, like it's nothing. Right. Ron Anderson could do that. Ric Flair could do that. Tully Blanchard, because they did that every single day. Every single week, they had to cut promos. They got to do it in different positions, in front of different crowds, and acting different ways against different people every night. These guys don't get the chance to do that. So the only thing you can do is bring on people as agents, is bring on people from behind, you know, for who have experience and to try to help these kids along the best way you can behind the scenes. And I think when you look at what QT Marshall has done, when you look at any, you know, when it comes to the Nightmare Factory, other associated, you know, wrestling schools and people who are helping these kids out, when you look at what Darby has accomplished or MJF, and those guys had a little bit more experience. They were in, uh, you know, the, the uh, um, was it, Gabe's system there, um, Evolve. Mm. You know, so they, they had a little bit more kind of on the ball and more experience there. But when you look at Jungle Boy, you know, 400 people in Reseda or whatever it is, like, you know, again, even with his pedigree, it's like you can't you can't learn this stuff overnight. And you see how more, much more comfortable he's got. Yeah, the promos aren't perfect, but mm-hmm. look at the rest of these guys and where they're at right now. And to me, I, I, I don't know. I, again, there's a lot of things you can criticize AEW over, but bringing in these folks, I mean, we haven't heard of one problem. 
Have you heard of one issue whatsoever? Any beef with anybody about somebody and somebody old? No, not hell. No, Jerry Lynn is, is I believe revered there, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, Who else? I mean, Jeff Jones is there doing work. Uh, uh, Sanjay Dutt is over there doing work. I mean, they, they got dudes who have experience. That's the same thing. WWE too. When people are criticized, oh, Kevin Owens is going to stick around and stay, or Gargano might stick around and say, and Joe did stay, you know, and it's like, okay, think about this for a second. You know, your life is not everybody else's, so you can't put yourself in those shoes, but think about this. They've made money. This is a secure thing. Sure, they can be cut at any time, but maybe they want to work with, like, their friends Adam Pierce or Steve Carino or all the people right. that are there, and you think about that, and it's like, somebody's got to be you can hate wwe all you want but like do you want everybody to go away who's actually got some knowledge of what's going on there i don't blame jason jordan or abyss for the matches you know it's like they're the agents on this stuff but i know it's vince but i'm happy those guys are there able to do something i'm happy adam pierce is there and maybe able to pass on some knowledge because he didn't get his due when he was wrestling he didn't get enough support from me you know and and from a lot of people he got enough support from me i always liked the guy but like you know there he's got so much to give what do you want to see him leave there and not help out young people that are already going to be hampered coming up from nxt with all these pressures and all this nonsense now i mean Oh, God, there's a place for it. No, absolutely there is. Um, and if nothing else, Billy Gunn can let these kids know how to be insanely fit at 53 years old. Uh, now, there might be some alternative nutritional things going on there, but, I mean, to, to each their own, uh, whatever he's doing, like, and like, cosmetic business, brother. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah, totally. Like, what, is he cheating someone out of it? No, of course not. Um, but when, when you look at the, the landscape of pro wrestling right now, like, obviously, WWE is making money hand over fist, uh, but it does really seem like, AEW from a product standpoint is kind of head and shoulders above everyone else right now. Are you in that camp as well? Yeah, it, it, it is. It is. And that's, you know, new Japan has had the pandemic issues. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if everything in a perfect world and it's hard now because you got punk and you got Danielson and, you know, you got some other advantages there now for AEW, but like to me, you take the rosters and you say, is everything perfect in both locations? I'm probably taking New Japan. You know, I'm probably mm. taking the New Japan Wrestle Kingdom show over, you know, All Out or, you know, whatever, you know. The, the, right. I, I can't remember. I, that's where I'm at right now. It's like I'm old from the bash here. I can't. I think that's their, their number one pay-per-view. But you know what I'm saying. But like, But because of the questionable booking with Ghetto, because of the pandemic and all the ways they've been hampered, because of all that stuff, how is it not AEW? Mm-hmm. Again, even if you don't love everything that they do, and there's a not there's a, things you can point to and blow holes in, but who I mean, who else is in competition with them? You can't say GCW because it's a different kind of ball game, right? That you got going on right there. Same thing with MLW. So you can't really include them. The Japanese companies are incredibly hampered right now. Rev Pro has been hampered, so we're not getting those shows. CMLL has been a mess. God knows how long. So, you know, there's triple A shows that are good, but like, you know, anything that happened to triple mania that, that, you know, set the world on fire that people are still talking about, you know, a couple of weeks later, no, you know, at least not in, not in most of North America, you know, in Mexico, they are, but not in, you know, in Canada and the States, you know, it's, it happened cool FTR and Lucha, but it, and, and that was kind of it. Hmm. So 
to me, it's almost by default. And then when you look at the roster, you look how they do things, you look at the big matches they built up to, how those matches have come to be, and what the result has been out of it, I, it's, it's almost unquestionable. I'll take somebody to tell me that, hey, I'm, I'm forgetting about somebody, but I, I don't know how you can argue that. You can't. Right. No, exactly. And yeah, like with New Japan, I, I credit them for at least trying a couple of things. Like evil didn't work, but just because it didn't work doesn't mean it wasn't worth trying. Right. And show currently it is not working. Um, basically anything Bullet Club, not, not necessarily. Well, and, and, well, and, and that's the thing. And that was evil should have been the wake up call mm-hmm. because you went and did something that you've always done that has always gotten heat with the Bullet Club. That has always, even though it's been tired, you've gotten a reaction. Your fans have not turned on you. All that, you know, all that sort of stuff. American fans are different. Your native fans, certainly, they groaned, they growled, but they're coming back. You know, they were still into it. And then you had no reaction. Right. You can't cheer this. You can't boo. You can't hiss. You can't. And then you saw it very bare. And it was very quiet. Yeah. And it was very not good. And it exposed, it was a big shining light on everything. Okay, don't do this. You got to make some changes. They have not made those changes. In fact, they have doubled down more because of the split. And the split was going to happen. I, I thoroughly believe that if nothing had happened with the pandemic, at some point we would have gotten this Jay White-led Bullet Club and we would have gotten the, you know, the purple and black you know, version of the Bullet Club with with Evil and with those guys. And so they were going to continue on with that plan anyway, and they've done that. But the problem is then you bring Show in. Mm-hmm. And now he's doing the evil bit, and it's the same response. And it's just, oh, uh, so that's where Robbie Eagles, you know, LP, uh, the development of Show and Yo, their juniors, I mean, I'll, so many of the thing where they're, they're young lions, they have so many things that work that it's like you, you obviously you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but you kind of look at the other stuff and it's so bad and it's so cringeworthy and it's so tired and it's been ugh, where you know it's easy to call for regime change and in some ways I wish there would be and I've been against the, you know that for a long time. I had not a lot of people you know the first time the Bullet Club jumped in, they were done with New Japan. Yeah, oh God, it's American stuff. Yeah, calm down. I've lived <clears> through some bad New Japan years. I lived through the worst <laughs> of New Japan years, and they came back. So there's a lot, you know, they got a lot of, you know, ways to go. But you just can't, you know, you just can't do this over and over again and not have diminishing returns. And unfortunately, they've had the diminishing returns. And yeah. if you want to do regime change and get somebody else out of there while this is going on to slide somebody in who, again, can it can be an easy transition. You don't have to fire Gato or Giotto, Gato or Giotto for that matter, or, and then have the line go of Dick Togo is going to be upset and this person and that person, it's going to cause chaos. To me, you can transition and make a transition where you get some new eyeballs in. And that's mm-hmm. going to be a question for AEW down the line with Tony Khan is going to be when you're tired, when you're out of ideas, when you've hit the wall, when you're dusty in 88, in Crockett or or whoever, are you going to have enough knowledge? Are you going to keep your ears open? Are you going to look in the mirror? Are you going to listen to people? Are you going to feel the environment? No, I'm going to step back. I, we need new eyes on this product. Mm -hmm. I need to step back. 
And is he going to be able to do that? Because he is so controlling. He is in everything. He is the, I'm going to take this over. I'm going to do this and X, Y, and Z. And you know what? He did that at the end of the first year. And what happened? Everything got better. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's how it's been framed that and he has said it and I'd have no reason to to disagree and to not believe him that yeah he wanted tighter control and wanted to make sure there was a more of a central thing going on that somebody was to, to be the one to answer to and since he owns it he wanted to answer to himself perfect makes sense but when that time comes to hand it off are you going to be able to stand back one are you going to be able to hand it off two you're going to be able to stand back and just assist and not be too like well why don't we do this or did this work before you got to give people time to make mistakes and you got to give the baby deer time to get on its feet on the ice and make it across. And is he going to be able to do that? That is going to be a fascinating thing because what we know about pro wrestling is it, they don't, right. <laughs> you know, usually mm-hmm. it's the owner that has to force the issue and make the move. And it usually doesn't happen. So that's, that to me is fascinating Yeah, down the line, whenever that time comes, what happens here and, and who that person would be that steps up and actually it leads the helm leads the charge. Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing that gives me confidence that they would be able to handle it differently is they've already handled some things differently. Like looking at the, the, the death match and how that was a great match until the last, we'll say 10 seconds of it. And then, boop. and uh, I feel like, as we transition to the WWE portion of the conversation where we get to yell and scream a bunch, um, I feel like if that happened in WWE, you'd be like, no, fuck you. That was awesome. How dare you guys? And now in AEW, it's like, yeah, we screwed that up. Sorry, dude. Let's just, we'll, we'll make a joke about it. We'll, we'll still like take some of the things seriously and we'll just move on. And everyone forgets about it. And you talk about like that central person and what do you do when you've run out of ideas? Um, speaking of WWE, how, how do we fix what's going on in WWE right now? Cause we talked about the best things in, in pro wrestling, and they didn't come up once, not NXT, not SmackDown, not Raw. Um, that that seems like a problem. And I get they're making a bunch of money, but it still seems like a bit of an issue to me. I would argue and uh, okay. accept any, every argument, any argument that says that Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman is the best thing in all of professional wrestling, hands down. Forget about your matches. Forget about this, that and third. This is pro wrestling, sports entertainment, TV show. It's the best thing. I'll buy that. They're okay. awesome. Mm-hmm. And so they're awesome. I got nothing else. Yeah. I got nothing else. You know, it, at least with NXTs, there were takeovers or this or that that made you go, okay, well, with NXT 2.0, different mindset, different philosophy. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing but Braun Breaker. And as good as Breaker and Champa, you know, as good as that is, and as nice as that is, and I didn't see the second match, first match, you know, great, hey, great, awesome. But that's it. SmackDown, there is nothing else. I get raw, there's there's nothing. You, you they're going back to the well, and I, I feel as though it's Bobby Lashley season again. I'm getting that impression, although now that Kevin Owens is fully resigned and everybody knows that, you know, m- maybe they're going that direction. I don't know, but there is nothing that feels exciting. There's nothing that, you know, exhilarating about the product. There's no stars. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem, is there's there's pro wrestling. God damn it. Peter, you know this. You need to have main eventers. You need to have upper mid card. You need to have a mid card, lower mid card, curtain jerkers and jobbers. You, you got to have all those things. You got to yeah. have managers. You got to have these pieces of the puzzle. You have Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Then you have Seth, Orton, Big E, uh, Owens. Every everybody, almost everybody who else is uh, somebody is right there. You know, same thing. 
it really, unfortunately, right now, it was Becky Charlotte was was up there. Now they're in here with, with Seth and Owens and everything. It's like, eh. but the <clears> drop <throat> between the top and, and that level, and then there's nothing. It's just yeah. barren. And, you know, that's the one thing about professional wrestling booking that WWE doesn't do where it's like, how did Becky get over? She won like 10 matches in a row. And that's how she's, and they forgot whatever it was they were doing where they were caught off guard in the fact that like, wow, fans like to work for a winner. Right. What, what a surprise. Like, you know, if somebody beats, you know, Dante Martin's got to beat Fuego del Sol. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. then he's got to beat uh, Colton Gunn. And then he's got to beat whoever. And then you, but he loses to MJF. But MJF loses to Darby. Like there's levels to this shit. And right. there's like, there's thought that goes by. You can't just keep going. You know, this is what we're going to do. Now it's six o'clock. You know, I don't like it, pal. We, we got, we're doing, it doesn't work. It doesn't right. work. And this is where I, anybody that's heard me with Brian Alvarez on Observer Live, the thing has come up about, well, they're going to, Braun Breaker, they're going to ruin Braun Breaker. Well, no, Braun Breaker is going to be in the main event at WrestleMania. Two things can be right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. And I think Braun Breaker is a special talent, you know, put him over, you know, but like anybody else, you know, you can, they've messed up everybody. They've made missteps with everybody. And it wasn't their fault. Of course, it was the fans fault. It was this, it was that it was the third. Yeah. It's the, the talent's fault. They didn't buy in enough, whatever bullshit they want to come up with. It's like, no, you have no stars. You're not enticing anybody. You look at your 12 to 34 numbers. Cause I, and everybody always talks about 18 to 49 and then look for real advertising and TV reasons that absolutely matters. Don't act like it doesn't matter. It matters every, everywhere. The only place it doesn't matter, frankly, is TV news where they want people 50 plus who are in their money-making years, who are in their silver years. Like Mm -hmm. there's a reason all those ads are there for lots of different things from investments right down to like, you know, adult diapers. There's a reason (laughs) those things are there. But like, when you look at what is not being built in pro wrestling from the ages of 12 to like 34, it kills me because this is where we're getting our lifers from. This is what I make my life off of for heaven's mm-hmm. sakes. Like we got to create these people and WWE is the biggest one to do it. And no kid cares. No kid. You never see kids with wrestling shirts. If you do, it's always something else. I mean, it's just, it's back to being such how you can have such a niche thing way out in the open. Like you have, it is just amazing. Right. And WWE has allowed everything to slip back into a niche thing, unfortunately. And they're not building those people and they're not invested and they don't care. If you don't have somebody by the age, frankly, of, you know, 34 years old, you're not getting them. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can be a kid that liked wrestling and you through college and whatever, and you start a family, your wife doesn't like it. Your kids don't like it. You're probably going to stop watching it. If you're not that dedicated of a fan, you know, if we can get these people, like there's the 35 to 49 demo, you got to get them to 35. Once they're in there as NXT ratings prove, you can keep them forever. Like they're 70, you know, what was the median age on that show? That one week, 64 years old. Yeah. It was like 64, was. 65. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once you get them, you're going to get them, but like, they're not building anything. And it's like these, when everybody, Oh, the ratings are still this and they're making this money and all that. They're going to make their money. I got that. But when it comes to the ratings and some other things, it's like, that's not the issue. The issue is there's a group that doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So when this group goes, like, what do they have? What did you build? So They've been very lucky. Brock Lesnar has been around now for how long has it been? 
Uh, how long can you, you know, yeah, coming up on 10 years from in the, like in his post UFC thing, like that, that but, debut but was like 2012, that. but yeah. So yeah, 20 they, years then, I guess. And now how they can't call guys back anymore. Right. Like the, the, who can you call back? That's a star. That's going to move something. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton hasn't gone away yet. So he can't, you know, it's like edge. You've been lucky, but edge hasn't moved ratings. People are happy. He's back. They love seeing him perform but he hasn't moved anything. And that's a scary proposition because he was a generation that's already done, you know, yeah. in theory is done and is behind you. It's like, they have nothing. Whereas you look at AEW and they got tons, you know, how, how will it go for them? I don't know, but boy, they got levels and they got layers. Yeah, no, for sure. And the, when you brought up um, Braun is going to, to, to main event WrestleMania and they're going to screw him up and two things can be true. Um, exhibit a is Bianca Belair. That was the most unscrew upable moment in wrestling of the last like decade, aside from Kofi, she should have been like at every school that they go to every, whatever on every poster, she is just like oozing star. And now, eh, and we're not even at the next WrestleMania yet. Like it's, it is you, you couldn't do that if you tried to screw that up and they, they somehow found a, a way to do it. And it's just, it's everything. And I think that last point you made there is great. I was thinking about this when, when Punk and Cole and Brian all came to AEW. I was like, I don't know what WWE can do right now to create this feeling aside from like raiding New Japan or something like that, like Okada pops up on Raw. But even if that happened, we'd be like, ah, fuck, they're going to screw this up too. Like, I don't, I don't know what WWE can do to get that feeling back for me as a wrestling fan. The only thing they can do is, is putting Paul Heyman in a position where you, he wouldn't be messed with it. It's impossible because you know, for all the negative, there's negatives of Paul Heyman, but one thing he'll do is there's usually something stupid. Remember like the Bobby Lashley, the whole wedding bit with, mm-hmm. uh, with Lana, like as that's going on and that was awful television it was awful <laughs> in every way, but this is taking place. This stupid thing is happening. Meanwhile, Malachi or Alistair Black is starting to be, uh, you know, positioned. Ricochet is starting to be positioned. Buddy Murphy starting to be positioned. The Viking Raiders are starting to be positioned. So it's like there's all that nonsense going on, but then you have these things moving where, okay, we can start putting some things in motion here. And then you saw what happened. So to me, unless you give somebody essentially full control, you know, over something like a Paul Heyman, somebody with the experience, with a great mind and seeing things in different ways and, and, and let them build and make mistakes and, but try to build guys and build characters. Unless you do that, I, you know, that's the only thing they can do. And they, they're always at, like, they have tons of talent there. They, they mm-hmm. loads for everybody they got rid of. I mean, they have loads of talent there that in lots of clay that they can make things out of. It's just because of Vince, and because of the production and which has gotten worse, I mean, that's what mm-hmm. we used to make fun of impact. Like WCW, it's like, that's one WWE would never make these mistakes. And you see it all. You cut to a shot where there's nothing, it, you know, that the, the overlays of the, of the music and the audio are screwed up. It's just things that like you would never have expected out of WWE have happened and they needs to change. And right. You know, and will it, I, at some point it will it's gonna have to i think i don't think he can live forever and if he can't i don't think kevin dunn can live for so it's like something at some point's got to change right I, I don't but i don't know when that's gonna be and by the time it happens 
again, they, they're never going out of business. They're not going anywhere. But again, fascinating going forward, too, because one thing, you know, and I, we probably don't have time today, but, you know, the thought of them being sold to NBC Universal or to somebody, to me, it's NBC Universal. There's no other person besides Xfinity that I can see doing this. There's others I could see. You could put a rock, could put together a group, uh, Disney, mm-hmm. but it doesn't fit. Because it's like a lot of people have, if, you know, Brian Lass has pointed it out and other people have, you're going to see a Roddy Piper or an Undertaker walking around Disney. Like <laughs> it, it doesn't, it doesn't work, but you could, to me, it's like, and again, the relationship they have with NBC Universal too, and that's going to be the other thing too is, is that when it happens essentially? And that's going to be really weird if, and when that ever happens, because we've seen companies who have no idea what to do with wrestling mm-hmm. and, and take wrestling people that they are sold on, put them in charge and it doesn't work. So fascinating as the next 10 years go forward here, including how many people are actually going to be here listening to us talk about this, Did this, you know, is, is wrestling, you know, the kids that are 12, 15, 17, are they going to still be around you know, hyping up watching wrestling. And I have a feeling right. it's going to come a lot more from the AEW side than is WWE side. So, yeah. Yeah. A lot more Darby Allen face paint than, uh, than uh, Ray Mysterio masks or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, la- last one for you here. Uh, you've been generous with your time and I, I know we got to get you going, but I didn't want to That's leave a this nice up. way for you to say uh, I talk a lot. Oh no, it's great. No, it's all, like <laughs> the, the cool thing is talking about people who do this is that like, I have a bunch of questions here and I already have written like part two, part two, part two, <laughs> beside a few of these. So um, I'll be bugging you again soon. Um, but ring of honor, uh, final battle goes down last weekend and boy, it seems like that was the final, final battle. Um, I know they're saying they're going to, to recalibrate or whatever and try to come back. But I mean, there's a lot of talent out there if they want it. But it it just it has the feeling that this was it for Ring of Honor. What, what when we look back? A, do you agree? And B, when we look back on Ring of Honor, uh, what what is kind of the the legacy of ROH? Second one first. The legacy okay. of Ring of Honor is shows itself at the top of every wrestling company, and will continue for a little bit as long as Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and Samoa Joe, and Adam Pierce and you name it, Steve Carino, and because, you know, he was there. Who am I forgetting? Jimmy Jacobs being in a position of power in, in Impact. Uh, you, you just go through almost every big name, you know, on that list, and they're going to have influence for a long time. And mm-hmm. wrestling, it, it, it just was the, the mo- it was the bridge because everything died, and it was the one – flower it was the one seed that dropped that actually came up and became this big beautiful giving tree that we've all been able to eat off of and we're going to continue to eat off of for quite some time if it wasn't for ring of honor i mean wcw was dead uh ecw was dead all japan was essentially dead new japan was essentially dead you know in a lot of ways you know certainly spiritually at that time and like k1 kickboxing and pride in the ufc and all these things like man wrestling but they had these new athletes with new minds and young kids who didn't know any better and there were veterans that wanted to help that didn't know better and they were driven guys and gabe and, and doug uh, doug gentry and obviously carrie sulkin's money being pumped into it to help and his passion for everything if we didn't have that 
I don't know what we'd be eating right now. We're eating some pretty good fruit because of those guys. And, and sometimes you get a bad bruise, nasty, bitter one. But it, for the most part, what they gave, we wouldn't have what we had. We wouldn't have AEW. We wouldn't have right. the appreciation for what New Japan became if the ROH fan didn't do that. You know, it, they took what the ECWA was kind of trying, these small grew all these promotions that ran Philly and Jersey and North Delaware and everything. And they just, they blew it up and they were able to create your defies and your, your PWGs. And it made those things mean more because again, the buzz and everything that came, comes along to it. Is it over? Yeah. I think in a lot of ways it is. It's, it's now back to being a super indie. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be PWG on steroids in some ways in that it'll be, they're going to get, they'll probably have four or five regular guys. I think they should. I think they should have like six people under contract, frankly, so that you can always continue on a story, but we'll see what happens there. But right. you, you just pay guys and they're going to bring them in. And maybe that's the way of the world right now. It's better for them to do that. It makes for hotter TV, makes it tough to book sometimes and consistency and this, that, and the other, and, and you're going to have your headaches with it. But man, if you can get good ratings that way, if it gets more attention on Sinclair every week, if it, you know, that's the one thing they have going for them is they still have money behind them. They still have a product. They still have a TV show, even though it's difficult to see, it's just, can you get some buzz? Yeah. And everybody I think has been at fault there. Everybody's been at fault there in a lot of ways, uh, not talent as much, but when it comes to management, the ownership, how they promote, you know, the buzz, the, the lack of it, something's got to change. They got to regenerate themselves and they've got to reinvigorate their fan base and to make sure that those ROH letters are not just, they just don't turn into what the NWA has, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, and I don't mean that as a dig or anything, but it, it is what it is. My wall, I'm, 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 <laughs> that's my era. That's what I grew up with. I love seeing the NWA name, but what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything anymore. Right. So hopefully ring of honor can reestablish itself. It can be, kind of what it was it could help feed wwe and aew and be high profile stuff and high profile weekends and just the addition of another you know more great shows you know on weekends and that's that's probably what it's going to have to be for them going to be interesting to see how that with your gcws with your places that you know have you know strong fan bases like you know thursday friday saturday sunday you know, oh boy, it's a lot of places in the world to run, but like, it's not easy to get internet pay-per-view attention and things like that and get revenue mm-hmm. being driven from that. So again, it's a, it's a very interesting time in, in wrestling business-wise that way too, when you start peeling it back a little bit. Mike, this was awesome, man. Thanks for doing this. Uh, where, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SemperVivi, S-E-M-P-E-R-V-I-V, stands for Always Alive. Yes, it's, uh, I'm usually dead most of the time, sleepwalking through Wrestling Observer Live, but you can listen to me there every single day, 3 p.m. with Brian Alvarez, Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Pacific, Mondays through Fridays. Uh, also, my Mid-Atlantic Championship podcast that I love to do, at Mid-Atlantic Pod on Twitter, on Facebook, on most of your forms of social media. I do most of the things on Twitter there, and it's just, it's just pro wrestling. There's no politics. There's no nonsense. It is stuff, factoids and video clips and audio clips from Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, the history of Jim Crockett promotions. Heavy, heavy on the 80s, of course, because it's where the most video is. And well, it's awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> so but I, I, I really invite people to check that out. I, I love doing that sort of thing. There's no, no modern times get into there. It's, it's fantastic. But uh, the Adam Mike Big Audio Nightmare, which you can also find at F4WOnline.com as well, too. I've been doing a show with Adam Summers talking about Japanese wrestling. Now we are the longest tenured 
show talking about anything Japan, um, mm. I think anywhere, I, I believe, you know, I think 2003 is when we started the uh, Press of Power Hour 2004. We were over at Brian's site in 06. He started the site in 05. We've been there since 06. We were the first show that wasn't Brian and Vinny, and uh, we've been doing it ever since. So uh, you can catch me in those places, and I, who knows where I'll pop up. I'm, I'm for hire, too, in case you want to. In case you want to throw some money my way as well, too. You don't have to do that. I'm doing this for free every time, though, because I really, you know, appreciate you you bringing me on. I really appreciate, you know, you. It's not easy. It's a lot easier uh, to talk about what you want to now that you're on your own doing your own thing. But it's, you know, it wasn't easy trying to tell people you're going to talk, uh, spend a little bit of time in your segment talking about pro wrestling when there's all these other things that uh, your, your bosses wanted you to talk about. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you having me on in that realm as well, too. In this one, uh, I hope it builds well for you and I'll be here for you, my man. Awesome. I appreciate it. It was fun talking with you then. It was fun talking with you now, man. Thanks for doing this. And yeah, I'll be I'll be bugging you again soon because I got a lot of part twos on here. Hey, absolutely. Love to do it. (laughs) All right. Some good stuff from Sempervivi. And that's the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, remember, rate, review, subscribe wherever possible. Find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. We have been coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. If you sign up with Clearwater Cleaning Solutions to become a regular residential client or a commercial client, we offer a 10% discount on your first month. Have a great weekend, everyone. It's going to be a weird one, and we'll talk to you next week. I'm out.